This is Q&A with Father Jay. I am your co-host, the man on fire, John Sablon. And with me is my dear, good priest friend, Father Jay Mello. Hey, Father. Hey, buddy. How are you? I'm doing well. How about yourself? Doing well. One week into to Lent here and fighting a good fight. Yeah. And, uh, been, a, been a couple of weeks since we've chatted. It has, it has, and uh, you know, it's it's days fly by, right? When you're in the in the life of just, uh, I know the life of a priest is one that's very busy. I know I've got many hats that I wear as well. So uh, it's good to hear your voice and good to be back. And for the listeners out there, you know, it's, I know we're excited to be back to kind of um, help give them a little bit of a a little bit of Q and A with Father Jay on on Lent and to kick off this Lent. How is your Lent going so far, Father? It's it's fantastic. No, I, I, I love this, this season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've been talking about how time flies. Um, you know, it's certainly true, but the days are long, right? Mm-hmm. I think to myself, by the end of each day, I'm like, wow, that's a long day. And I think to myself, it was just Christmas. Yeah. Like we were just, Christmas after just ended. Like, how is it already, already Lent here? I know. But, um, but, but here we are. Yeah, and, here we uh, are. Here uh, we- Lent was, go ahead. Now I was gonna say, here we are, and I was curious to know how was how was your Ask Wednesday attendance? It was fantastic. It was everyone I've talked to is saying, "Wow!" Yeah. Because we had five masses between both churches. Yeah. So we started with seven a.m. You know, a couple hundred people there. I try to we offer seven a.m. every Sunday uh, at one of the parishes, but people like the early mass. Mm-hmm. You know, they're, they're up early. They want to start their day. Um. So great attendance that mass and then i have school mass which we normally have every wednesday anyway um so i mean you get 200 kids in the church mm-hmm. so it's already kind of full but um that mass was great we had noon mass in portuguese and then two evening masses but i remember in the afternoon thinking to myself do i really need two evening masses maybe i should just combine them and have a six mm-hmm. both churches you know the, the five and the seven they were standing room only Wow. With the exception of the first two rows, then had those people sat in the front two rows were empty, we would have been fine. But uh, you know, typical uh, Catholic church. <laughs> they, uh, but no, I, I was really um, pleasantly surprised. Um, you know that the numbers seem to be growing continuously. You know, which is great, right? I, I mean, I'm I'm surprised by it because of how much craziness has been in the church and in the world, right? You know, you kind of wonder why are people still coming. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's because there's certainly a hunger in in their lives and a hunger for the for the Lord and and he and ultimately he's doing something amazing amidst all the craziness that we're experiencing. The Lord's up to something. Oh yeah, yeah um, it's a it's a good time to be to to be living and in this age and era as as perhaps uh, stressful and scary it may seem at times. It's it's an opportunity to uh, grow in sanctity for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Well, one of the things, uh, you know, talking about Ash Wednesday that really struck me, you know, sometimes I preach and I may say things in, in sort of, uh, you know, just kind of a passing way. Um, and sometimes I don't even tend to say it. Sometimes it's just kind of, I don't use notes when I preach, mm-hmm. but I'll have people come back and say, Father, that was, you know, really profound. It really hit me. And I think I don't remember even saying that, mm-hmm. uh, which is great. You know, it's the Holy Spirit at work. But, um, I mean, it really wasn't part of the, the, the structure of my whole homily, but talking about how Ash Wednesday 
for some can be a time of real spiritual awakening, right? People have been away from the church or they stop practicing, but everyone kind of comes on Ash Wednesday, right? Everyone needs to get their ashes. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was one of those things where I made a comment about it, I, I guess, and I, I honestly don't remember it, about saying, you know, Ash Wednesday, Lent is just a great time for that spiritual awakening to, to start over again. And I, I must have had maybe a dozen and a half, maybe 20 people commented that that's exactly what they needed to hear. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, great, praise God, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, trying to fight the uh, the urge to take credit for you're saying, oh yeah, I planned it that way. And, you know, just kind of, <laughs> but it really wasn't. It was one of those things that was not what I was even getting at, but, yeah. um, but it really is for a lot of people, right? Yeah. The, uh, um, but if you think about it, we're putting dirt on our forehead. Mm-hmm. Like we offer every single Sunday, the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus Christ in Holy Communion. And people are like, ah, you know, I just want to sleep in. I'm going to go to the beach or I'm going to do yard work. But hey, you're giving dirt away. I'm there. <laughs> right? right. I kind of like, you know, uh, and communion, it, it's our, the essence of our relationship with our Lord, right? It is communion with him. It, it, it's our relationship. Mm-hmm. During our foreheads is saying we're sinners. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I don't, Maybe because it's so different because we only do it once a year. But it's like, it's literally dirt on your forehead. Yeah. To me, it kind of drives me crazy. Like, I'm like one of those OCD people constantly <laughs> before coronavirus, washing my hands 12 times a day, you know, wash my face a couple times, you know. Yeah. But it's dirt on your forehead. Yeah. <laughs> and everyone's like, all right, it's not like we're giving lobsters away. But sure, come knock stuff out. Dirt for everybody. <laughs> You're like, go for it. Some dirt for you, some dirt for you, ashes for you, you know. But... Um, yeah, that, yeah. What about you? Last Wednesday, beginning of Lent was good. Yeah, yeah. You know, our, our church was packed as well, and we had we I think we had about eight masses. Um, and it just you know it's just always amazing, Father. You know, it's a, a great opportunity for evangelization, obviously, right? Because these are most of the folks that you typically don't see. You know, it's so it's always mm-hmm. that the irony between a, a a non-holy day of obligation versus other holy days of obligation. I mean, just normal Sunday mass, right? And you see. Yep. Um, it was standing room only. So it was a blessing. Just pray that, you know, something spoke to the, to, uh, the hearts of those that attended. And hopefully, you know, this Lenten season, uh, something catapults them back into, uh, the, the arms of Holy Mother Church. So, Amen. so let's, let's get into this, this episode. I think we wanted to kind of break open really, um, for the listeners out there, really kind of the point and purpose of Lent, you know, cause we, we can, I think we're all tempted as, as, um, practicing Catholics to kind of just kind of get into the mo- the mode and the mechanics of things, right? Okay, it's another liturgical season. Okay, you know, we, we walk into Lent with already our, our, our preconceived notions, our own experiences, what we went through last year, so on and so forth. And we want to just really kind of open up um, the, the dialogue, the discussion of really the point and purpose of Lent. I mean, you stated right at the beginning, Father, that this is, you know, your favorite time of year. I mean, this is my favorite liturgical season. I um, mean, it's always a struggle between Advent and this one. Um, not to say ordinary time isn't a great time either, but, um, but you know, the Lenten season is obviously the whole point of our Christian faith, uh, if you really think about it. Um, mm-hmm. So let's break it open on really, you know, how can we help our, our listeners understand the point and purpose of Lent? Yeah, I mean, I think... As always, you know, let's start with Jesus. 
right? Mm-hmm. So Lent, 40 days. Obviously parallels Jesus going into the desert for 40 days. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and what are you doing? Jesus is taking time away from everything else in his life to say, I need to spend some time with our Lord, you know, with, with my Heavenly Father. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I need to, and for him, it was preparing for his public ministry, right? We have his baptism, we have the baptism, he goes out into the desert. Um, what's different about his 40 days and our 40 days is he's not reflecting upon what needs to change in his life. Because he is the only begotten Son of God. He's perfect. There is no sin that he's trying to turn away from. Mm-hmm. But he is really trying to focus himself, prepare himself mentally, spiritually, physically, for what will be his life's mission, to be our Savior, right? To, to bring the message of the gospel, to, to bring the, the hope uh, that, that he is into the lives of his disciples. Um, but he goes into the desert, and he is tempted by the evil one. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the, we heard this this past Sunday, as we do each year on the first Sunday of Lent, the temptations uh, of the evil one, who, you know, first appealing to um, our, our bodily desires, right? You know, Jesus, take these stones, turn them into bread, right? We all have hunger, we all have thirst. You know, the, the lust, the, all, all of the, the urges and desires of, of our body for, for pleasure, for satisfaction. And Jesus, just we do not live on, on bread alone. You know, we're not ma- meant for this world. We're not meant for worldly pleasures. That's not why we were created. It dismisses the evil one. Um, and in all of the temptations, whether it be, be that one there, you know, throw yourself down from here and, and God will send his angels to protect you or, you know, here are all the kingdoms of the world. They'll, they'll all be yours. I have just worship me. All of them, Jesus is really experiencing all of the different temptations that we experience, right? Mm-hmm. All, all of the desire for, for pride, for, you know, the, the stroking of our ego, the, the desire for popularity, for power, control, um, all, all of those things that we experience, Jesus experienced them as well in the desert. Mm-hmm. And he showed us in the desert and in, in his own um, overcoming of those temptations that it is possible. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Lent becomes for us an opportunity to reflect upon our own sinfulness, which we remind ourselves on, on Ash Wednesday when we put those um, ashes on our forehead and say, we are sinners. We are imperfect, mm-hmm. but we are loved by God and, and we are called to, to change. And this is the heart of the gospel, right? This is to say Lent is really what, what Christianity is all about, the call to conversion, mm-hmm. the call to look at ourselves and say, I'm not perfect, but I'm loved by God, and God is calling me to turn away from sin and be faithful to the gospel. Uh, and so there's so many beautiful images, whether it be from Ash Wednesday or, you know, the, the gospel passages that we hear that, that really get to the essence of our life. Am I living my life? trying to, to conform it to the gospel or to the world. Mm-hmm. And Lent is a time for us to take these 40 days to say, I'm going to take a step back and just kind of assess my life. The same way Jesus went into the desert. It's us saying, I, I want to just kind of take a look at my life and say, what needs to change here? You know, are there behaviors? Are, are there relationships? Are there bad habits? 
you know, there are things going on that I, I need to get rid of my, get rid of in my life. Um, but we also know that, that sometimes Lent can be, you know, talk about the, the Lenten sacrifice, right? You know, what are you giving up for Lent? Well, I'm going to give up carbs. Mm-hmm. Okay. C- carbs may make you look better in a, giving up carbs may make you look better in a bathing suit, um, July, mm-hmm. but is it making your soul look better? Mm-hmm. And, uh, there's a real temptation with the whole sacrifice thing to make it about self-improvement or, or better physical health. But Lent is about working on our soul, not just our bodies. Mm-hmm. And, and we have to call it out what it is because it's, obviously we all want to be healthy, right? We all want to look good. We want to feel good. Um, but we don't want to fall into that trap either of, Lent being about giving up chocolate or carbs or pizza or all those things that aren't necessarily great for us just because we want to look better, mm-hmm. right? Because that's really just feeding into our pride. If yeah. you think about it. Yeah, no, no. And I think that's, that is part of the challenge, right? Is when we, when you don't have a clear understanding of the point and the purpose behind Lent, you know, really, mm-hmm. as you talk about it, really just kind of, it's that introspection, that reflection that's looking into, it's, it's becoming more aware of our own sinfulness. Um, I think about even just from a, you think about those that are coming into the church that are part of the catechumenal process, right? The, the right of Christian initiation mm-hmm. for adults that, you know, when they go through their scrutinies, it's like they're the church along with them, the, the elect that will be brought into the church during each individual, it's bringing a great awareness to their own sinful nature. And then a, a, turn towards salvation, a desire, a conversion, as you were saying, right? That metanoia mm-hmm. to turn away from um, the life of sin or the life of, of their own selfishness towards God. And I, I, I think we're, we're going to go into, I think in the next episode, a little bit more into detail about kind of the penitential acts when we think about prayer, yep. fasting and almsgivings for sure. And we'll talk a little bit more about diving into the thing that you bring up, Father, is that temptation to make it more of a self-help program. And, um, sure. so I don't want to steal any thunder from there. So, <laughs> you know, we, we, you know, if we think about that and the, and, you know, maturing this a lot, even with, with other folks, just through, um, our, you know, those that we encounter in ministry, it's just really helping them understand that Lent is a time that we really unify ourselves with, with the Lord's, you know, with the mystery of the own Lord's, with our Lord's own suffering, right. And his own temptation and his own passion, death and resurrection. And I mean, really that's, the greatest gift we have, right. Is our, our, is our Lord suffering on our behalf, reconciling us with the heavenly father. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a reminder to our folks about, and this is the reason for our existence is that God so loved the world, right. That he sent his only begotten son to, to die for us and for our, our, our sins. So that brings me to the, the other topic on this episode. Father is the discussion of sin, right? It's mm-hmm. very, um, in this in this day and age, when you t- you know you, we were talking about at the beginning about you know why are people still coming to church given everything that's going on in the world and in the church and we're some very troubling times. Um, this this concept of sin is all around us and you don't really hear it preached about, talked about a lot. And uh, I know I'm sure um, you as a faithful priest is doing that. But uh, you know th- what what can we share as we start to kind of open up. Um, to the viewers, the, just the idea of sin and, and, you know, pull it from the, the 10,000, you know, foot view up to what's that definition of sin. And obviously we can't talk about sin without also talking about mercy. And that's also the other part of, of what we're talking about in Lent, right? Is, 
is yeah. mercy and sin together is um, of course sin being bad and mercy being good. And that's a, what we're experiencing or hope to experience in Lent is the mercy of God as sinners. Um, yeah. So let's talk about sin, well, Father. Sure. Let, let me just touch upon um, the point you made of we don't hear enough about sin um, being preached. Um, and I do preach about it mm-hmm. because it's an important part of who we all are, right? Mm-hmm. And you're right. You have to preach about sin with mercy. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a, there's a real temptation to not talk about it mm-hmm. because it makes people feel uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Um, because it, it kind of pricks at our conscience. But it's not one of those things that people like hearing about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like going to, to the doctor and the doctor saying, well, you know, you're, you're overweight and your blood pressure is high and your cholesterol is high. And you don't want to hear about those things. They're there. Mm-hmm. You know it. Mm-hmm. But you just you, sometimes you want to avoid it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for, I mean, you walk out of it and you say, like, when my doctor tells me my blood pressure is high, my cholesterol is high, I'm like, wow, what a jerk. Well, it's not his fault <laughs> that my blood pressure is high. He's just, and he's, you know, it has nothing to do with him. Mm-hmm. But, but I'm mad at him because I want to be mad at somebody. I don't want to be mad at myself. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a real temptation for priests because they want to be liked mm-hmm. to avoid being the doctor who just tells you the truth. Um, but we have to, because if we're going to be loving fathers and be good shepherds, we can't just tell people they want to hear. And so often, you know, especially in a town like mine, we got, you know, multiple churches. You know, it's not like, well, I'm the only show in town um, where people don't want to lose numbers, right? People don't want to preach tough messages and say, well, people are going to leave if I say these difficult things. And they, you know, the guy down the street who's always just preaching mercy and, and God loves you. And, and that's okay. That's easier to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have that real dynamic in the church. You have it sometimes with, with parents, right? Who get divorced and they're trying to raise their children and co-parent and, you know, someone has to implement discipline, but the disciplinarian is not going to be the one who's beloved. Mm-hmm. Right. So sometimes now the parent wants to be the, the bad cop, you know, they want to be the one giving you gifts and the ones you have the kids love them. Yeah. And the same is true in the priesthood. Um, but we, we need to recognize uh, that I hope parents recognize that, okay, their, their relationship may not have worked out. So they need to co-parent but they need to be on the same page for the good of that child. Mm-hmm. And in the same way we as priests need to recognize that we need to do what's best for our people and, and avoiding preaching the truth isn't helping them get to heaven. Mm-hmm. It isn't helping them to grow in their faith. Uh, so that's my little, you know, soapbox. No, that's uh, great. Message that's, there, hon. that's great because I think it's, it's, you know, um, it's truth. I think that's the part is to bring up the temptation and, and you are a spiritual father. So there is a temptation to, you know, want to be liked and, you know, um, to avoid confrontation and avoid the difficult conversations, but that's false charity, right? I mean, we, we can't, yeah. um, we can't avoid it um, just because mm-hmm. we may hurt feelings or, you know, lose potentially mm-hmm. parishioners. And I think you know yeah. me well enough of how I roll and I'm, I'm, I'm of the same uh, mindset. Um, but I want to lead into this conversation, like this, the definition of sin, because the catechism uh, puts it very well in uh, paragraph mm-hmm. 1849. It is a failure in genuine love for God and neighbor caused by a perverse attachment to certain goods. And it goes on to say it wounds the nature of man and injures human solidarity. 
I'm like, I mean, you can't, I mean, love our catechism, love our faith, right? We're experiencing right. that in, in spades, in um, definitely in the world. When you think about, you know, offense against reason and truth, you know, moral relativism is rampant against right conscience, mm-hmm. you know, the people cheering on, you know, um, uh, abortion. Um, you think about the, there's a lack of charity inside and outside of the church. So, you know, uh, lack of love and reverence for God or for therefore neighbor. Um, and again, this, this perverse attachment to certain goods, um, you know, what, what say you father about sin and, and helping kind of unpack that in a, in a m- much more, you know, uh, distilled way for those that may just kind of approach it as well. Yeah. Sin's just doing bad, right? Yeah. You know, to go back to the idea of Lent being about conversion, right? The turning away from sin. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the great figures of preaching repentance is John the Baptist. Mm-hmm. And one of John the Baptist's last lines in the gospel is what? He must increase, I must decrease. Yeah. Right? Of recognizing that he was there to be a precursor for the Lord, you know, be the one to kind of usher in Jesus' ministry. And, and so, okay, I need to decrease here. It's all about him. Mm-hmm. I think sin is the opposite of that. Sin is saying, he must decrease and I must increase. Mm-hmm. Cool. So it's saying it's about me, but what I want, no matter the effects of that, no matter how irrational it may seem, no matter who it offends, you know, and people can say, you know, and we see this a lot in society, well, it's not hurting anybody who cares mm-hmm. because there's a definition of hurting is a bit skewed, right? Because they, they would eliminate from that hurting your soul or hurting a, a relationship because it all becomes about my own happiness mm-hmm. or my definition of happiness. And that may mean my own physical pleasure, uh, my own fulfilling my own desires, my own ego. Um, and so sin is, is saying it's all about me in essence. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so God has created us out of love, created us for himself um, and has a plan for, how we are to live our life because he is just, he's a good parent. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think of it, I'm not a parent. I mean, I, I have, you know, my parishioners who I, I try to teach my spiritual children, I have children in my school. Um, but it, it's, it's a, it's a parallel, but it's, but it's not the same. I think how mm-hmm. often do people, they have children, they have a plan for their children. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think of that great scene from, from the Godfather, which, you know, <laughs> ironic enough, but you know, Don Corleone, saying to his youngest son, Michael, you know, I, I had dreams for you. I had a plan for you. You were going to be Congressman Corleone, Senator Corleone, you, Governor Corleone. You, you know, I wanted you to have a different life. And now here you are choosing the family business, mm-hmm. the mafia. Um, and so sometimes parents have, have oh, most of the time, I would hope, parents have a plan for, the, for their children, right? They want to give them all of the, the tools that write a good education, a good upbringing, teach them values. And it's heartbreaking when their kids like, I want nothing to do with this, or I'm going to rebel against and do my own thing. Mm-hmm. Well, it's the same with God, right? He's created us. He wants to give us a good education, the good values of the nurturing uh, life. And sometimes we're like, I want no part of this. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that's what sin is. It's our rebellion against, against our creator, against our father, against our very nature of why we were created. Um, and it takes on all different forms. Um, because what is sin essentially? It's us giving in to the deception of the evil one mm-hmm. who 
you know, the first perception of Adam and Eve. God doesn't want you to do this. God doesn't want you to be like him. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you can be something great. You can have your independence. You can have your freedom. You can have all these things. And we buy into that. And that's what sin is. Mm-hmm. Of, of us saying, we know better than God. Or our way is better than God's way. And when we really take a step back and look at it, and that's what Lent's all about, we can see that that is not true at all. Right? I mean, we take a look at, at sin, and it, it may bring us instant gratification. It may bring us some pleasure. But it usually comes at the cost of some heartache, mm-hmm. uh, some real devastation. And usually not immediately. Right? I mean, if, if we have a well-formed conscience, um, we can do something, and, and we know it's wrong. And we may do it anyway. Mm-hmm. But deep down inside of us, there's that sense of, of guilt or the sense of, I know I shouldn't have done that. Um, and so sin, we, we can have that voluntary sin, and sometimes we just do it so often, it becomes a habit. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we can't, can't even break out of it at all. And so, well, so, I mean, to kind of bring it, you know, full circle here, I know we're on a, a time limit. Lent is really about us taking a step back and looking at our entire life, mm-hmm. our relationship with our Lord, with one another, with ourselves, and saying, is my life properly ordered toward God? You know, am I living the life that God created me to live, that God wants me to live, a, a life that will bring me true and eternal happiness? Or am I living a, a very worldly, shallow, secular, sinful life? Mm-hmm. And to say, what things need to change? You know, and so Lenta was saying, how do I really get rid of sin in my life or get a better handle on it? Um, and, and just be aware of it. I mean, we may not be able to totally eradicate every sin from our life over the next 40 days. But I think a, a huge step would be able to say, recognizing I'm a sinner. And these are some real things that I need to work on. And I am have to work on them even after, after Easter. Mm-hmm. You know, I may work on them still next Lent. But, but I think we only fail, and this is a point I try to preach about all the time, we do, we're not failures as Christians, we're not failures as disciples when we give in to temptation. We're only failures, we only lose the battle when we stop fighting. That's right. What a great point, Father. Yeah, I think, you know, as we just kind of wrap up this episode, uh, the only thing I would add, um, or just really reiterate, and you, uh, I think you cleared that, clarified for us very well, is as we meditate, meditate upon the mysteries of our own Lord's suffering, his passion, death, and resurrection, as we, we go inward and really take a look at our own, like yourselves, where, is, where are we at with God? And I, I was just thinking about, you know, the, the first deception, and it just comes to mind is before the fall, you know, Adam and Eve were oriented towards God, right? They were looking towards God. Mm-hmm. And it was at the point of the lie, right, when the father of lies approached them that they turned in on themselves, Right. So it no longer yep. was about God. It was more about themselves. And then there was just a slippery slope thereafter. So, you know, um, I think it was a great, at least uh, a short, right, uh, definition and explanation on Lent and sin. And we just, you know, want to remind our listeners out there that, you know, we're here to really be a, as a resource for them and to give them answers that they may uh, be seeking as it relates to faith, life, um, and trying to distill all of this in our faith to something that can be practical 
and feasible for you. So uh, for Father Jay and myself, we just ask you to continue to like and subscribe and follow us. We ask that you uh, please rate us uh, wherever you're listening to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, or Spotify. Until next time, God bless.